You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Can I get a 50 burger with a side of nine rebounds and seven assists, please? And can I get that for the 67% from the field variety pack? Thank you. 52 points for Pascal Siakam, willing the Raptors to a victory over the Knicks. During that Philly game, heading into the fourth, I think Pascal is 31, like, maybe eight and six as well. I can't remember the exact stat line. And I said, I wonder if he can get them over the top, kind of pull them through this game. He wasn't able to, and that not that that's his responsibility. He was fantastic. But in this one, he closes them out. Some clutch shooting from Fed, Fred Van Vliet as well. Some pull-up threes, two of them that come to mind. That was great. Uh, OG Ananobi's tremendous, and I mean tremendous defense on Jalen Brunson. Compete levels from the front court against guys like Mitchell Robinson, Julius Randle, All Night, uh, Sims, that kind of stuff. The Raptors, they finally win a game. It was six straight. And for the Knicks on the other side, it was eight straight. 18 and 13 for the Knicks coming into this game, winning eight straight. The Raptors, 13 and 18, losing six straight. And uh, now they're 14 and 18, which means this team is obviously headed for great things. Uh, (laughs) I'm Samson Folk. This is the Raptors Reaction Podcast. And uh, it is, of course, brought to you by Goldfinger Law. And hey, shout out to Goldfinger Law, because when you do it with them, you only pay if you win. And if you want to reach out to them, you can do so at 416-730-1777. And just quickly before we get into it, a little bit of housekeeping. Stay tuned with the Raptors Republic Rumble. It's a three-on-three tournament and it is the 10th annual one. It's on January 29th. Um, Just Google Raptors Republic Rumble. You will get all the info you need. And then secondly, Raptors Republic is hosting a trade deadline live show. It's at Rivoli or Rivoli. I I don't know how to say it, to be honest. Um, It's basically just myself and Lewis hosting uh, Katie Heindel, Esfandiar Barahaney, Sahal Abdi, Andrew Damlin, Catherine Niker, Oren Weisfeld, and more surprise guests. Tuesday, February 7th. It's right before the trade deadline. It's at 6 p.m. Rivoli, Rivoli, whichever it is, it's on 334 Queen Street West. Uh, It's $20 to attend. That includes a free drink, and it's $10 for all-star subscribers uh, with the Raptors Republic website. So uh, please keep that in mind. If you want to come and watch us talk about basketball, hell yeah. Uh, thanks Thanks for doing so. All right, let's get to it. And oh my goodness, it is so rewarding to watch a guy go to work the way that Pascal did in pseudo transition in the half court, a really great defensive game, hitting, getting to the rim, hitting set shots from behind the line, a pull up three pull ups peppered all over the paint and just outside of it. Uh, The handle 
on a string. Yes, he lost a couple at the end there, but for the most part on a string throughout the game, beating doubles, drawing them, backing out of them, re-engaging, making the right read, doing everything that was asked of him, and they asked too much. And you know what? He met the call again and again. The cape went on. Yeah, I know that what is New York, Gotham City? Is Batman a hero to you? Pascal Siakam put on the cape of whatever allegorical hero or analogous hero you want to hear. Whatever, whoever you imagine, that's who he was tonight. Unbelievable. <sighs> so, for those people who want to see these Raptors win, we've developed a blueprint. It's simple. Just have Pascal score 52 points, and then you, you win games. Uh, the Raptors, are they win 100% of their games over the career of Pascal Siakam. 100% of the games when he scores 50-plus. <laughs> and good for them. Man, there, there were quite a few good performances in this one. Not part of that, unfortunately. Scotty Barnes, man. I, I don't want to talk about Scotty too much. Just kind of have to touch on his game. One for 10 from the field. Um, the defensive intensity late made it so that he was no longer on the floor. I watched the Knicks broadcast because I love Clyde Frazier and Mike Breen. Uh, both were surprised at how milk toast and unengaged Scotty was moving through this game and commented on it in different facets of the game as far as like competing on the glass, um, defending at the point of attack, not looking to attack on the other side of the floor. And that's correct. I understand why opposing announcers seeing him for the first time this season would be surprised and kind of like, damn, what what's going on with him? We've seen this player before, they and they did see him last year, and he's has the potential to be absolutely tremendous. And that just that hasn't been the case. And hopefully it turns around, but another game where Scotty wasn't doing so well. We'll table that. Bright future ahead for the kid. All the best to him. Not a good game. OG uh, started out this game early doing a really great job of driving. Even towards the end of this game, he hit that little step back that he basically never hits. If he had to put a percentage on it, I imagine it would be around like 15, 20%. But he did get one on Jalen Brunson late. He got to the rim a couple times early on, hit a three. But the defense is what we're going to talk about with OG. There was so much that the Knicks wanted to do at the point of attack with their initiators that when OG was switched on to a guy or was patrolling those above the break actions, he really changed how the Knicks wanted to attack in this game. He was phenomenal. Fred in help side. Uh, it's awesome to see him still effective, as I've talked about before, as a help defender. Still a guy who has great timing and great hands for digs. He's very effective doing so. Even if there's a little bit of pop missing from his point of attack defense, still did a great job in that facet of the game. Very nice to see. Uh, Wancho. I like Wancho minutes, dude. It's He is not the answer at the five or being the fifth starter. We know that because the Raptors, with how many good players they have in their starting lineup, this has to be a team that wants to really mash teams with their starting lineup. They have enough good guys. Wancho doesn't really do that, but what he does do is I still think it's a positive lineup because he competes on the glass. He's fairly solid in rotation on defense, playing or paying attention to what they want to do. He cuts off ball. He's a very solid and intelligent cutter on offense, and that stuff is all good. What needs to happen, though, is, man, 0 of 2 from 3, one of them from the corner, he airballed. Uh, well, they were both from the corner. Neither was particularly close. Uh, you, I do like the cutting. He, he had one finish in transition. 
the five rebounds helps. I think he does help out on the glass, but it's just a quiet role player. He's being overextended, you know, being pushed in the starting lineup. But uh, in lieu of Precious Achua not being there yet, and the Raptors, it seems obvious, that's the last guy. Once he's back, they try it, and they, that's the starting lineup they have to be able to hit on. Otherwise, it's trade season, in in my opinion. Uh, and maybe trade season regardless, right? But once Precious comes back, we'll see. But Wancho, as far as being a guy who fills in, I do like it. Better than alternatives. Gary's still injured. That kind of stuff. Otto's still injured. Birch injured. Um, there's a lot of stuff going on. But anyway, the Raptors. Malachi gets 24 minutes in this one. Thad gets 22. Thad, the compete level, the active hands on defense, really, really important. Got a tip in, kept several balls alive on the offensive glass. I think he had three of them. And the thing you want to see with the Raptors, of course, is that if they're not going to shoot the lights out, if they're not going to pass the ball around and make like tremendous reads and do like catch and go stuff where, you know, they get to really turn the inside of the Knicks defense and then make shots from the outside or get to the rim off of penetration and all that kind of stuff. At the very least, you want to see offensive rebounding to get those extra possessions. If you're going to have it be that like Pascal Siakam and Fred Van Vliet have to run those pick and rolls and inverted pick and rolls until something breaks on the Knicks and the shot making has to be immaculate, which it was from both of them to varying degrees, obviously. But OG with three, Pascal with three, Wancho with three, Scotty with four. That's pretty great. That's 13 offensive rebounds from your starting lineup. I like that a lot. And by the way, if any of these numbers are even like a smidge off, the the box score on NBA.com hasn't fully updated yet. I know that because Pascal is still at 47 points for it. And I haven't been keeping the offensive rebounds by hand. So just something of note, if you if you're in the comments afterwards, and you're like, actually, Pascal had four offensive rebounds or something like that. Uh, yeah. Anyway, the Raptors, I think a very a positive outside of Pascal and Fred and OG to take away in this game is the defense. 106 points is pretty great. Um, the Raptors, I think when you look at a team where they also, they took on the brunt of like really sharp three-point shooting, 11 of 25 from the Knicks, and also being able to run quite a few guys off the line. Every once in a while, it was a complete breakdown. Emmanuel quickly and uh, RJ Barrett in particular, I think they both, what, four for yeah, RJ six for Emmanuel quickly. That's a lot of triples. The Raptors obviously couldn't batten down the hatches to that degree, but they took a, a team that was shooting the three well, ran them off the line, still maintained a decent amount of defense on the inside because they kept rotating multiple guys over. This is something that we've been talking about that the Raptors need to be better at is that the buy into the system and whether the system is the best one for them to run or not is fully up for debate. I'm not saying that this is without question what they should be doing. But if you are running a system, the buy-in always helps the system. And the Raptors were making harder rotations to make guys pick up their dribble, to make guys finish from farther away. And it just made everything a little bit more congested at the rim. They have to do that to compete with this roster. If they're going to be running that scheme anyway. But yeah, let's, let's talk about Pascal Siakam. So there, I see it in the comments, YouTube comments. I see it in uh, Raptors Republic comments. I see it on Twitter. I think I have a decent idea because I am online of uh, the perception of Pascal Siakam, both in the fan base and at large. I'm going to tell you, I keep using the term superstar 
People keep policing that, saying, no, he's not a superstar. Quit saying he's a superstar. I don't care, man. This guy is a superstar. And, you know, if you want to do the semantics and quibble about, no, a superstar is a top three player, top seven, top nine, whatever your dad told you when you were a kid. I don't really care. Pascal Siakam looks like a superstar to me. His impact on both sides of the floor is who equals that in the NBA? Very few players. As far as like being a box office personality or whatever, I don't care about that. Pascal is one of the best players in the NBA, continues to do so, does so in the world's most famous arena, Madison Square Garden, to the tune of 52 points and drags his team to a victory. To me, to me, and I will keep using this term for as long as I think it is an adequate description of who he is, Pascal Siakam is a superstar. And if you disagree, I don't care. It could not matter less to me, although I am talking about it. So if, if you're somebody who wanted to spur on this response, uh, you've definitely got me there. <laughs> um, Fred Van Vliet. So the 26 points, really nice to see. There was a stretch in the fourth quarter where Fred was on ball quite a bit. Pascal was a little bit more. It's, it's insane, maybe, to say that Pascal was a little bit more passive than he should have been because it was like a two-minute stretch. And he wasn't getting after it on ball. And even in that two-minute stretch, he was getting after it on the offensive glass and drawing fouls. So, like, shut the hell up, Sam. But anyway, Fred was seeing a lot of the ball. The ball was not going into the bucket. Things were not going well. They missed 12 or 13 shots at one point. It looked like the Knicks were coming fully back into this game. A, a game of runs, if you've ever seen one. Both these teams, I think the Raptors had, like, an 11, two 11-0 runs. The Knicks, I think, had an 11-0 run, a 13-0 run. It's just a nuts game, this basketball. But outside of that rough stretch for Fred, I thought he was on time and on target, both as a rotating defender and as far as a guy making the calls offensively. He is a guy who screened for Pascal all night. This is a small guard in a big league, and Fred, he trotted up to Pascal repeatedly. And also, you know, ran decoy actions just to get the ball reset to Pascal. Just even though he had 26, even though some of those shots were huge, especially the two pull-up threes in the fourth quarter, and then the one deep one off the catch from Pascal, terrific. But there's a lot of effort there in trying to assist Pascal. He can't make every shot. He is a small guard in this league, and he wasn't really the demon getting downhill in this game that he has been, I guess, over the past however many, but where he was averaging like nine free throws a game or something. But I tell you this much, Fred worked his tail off in this one and was a tremendous asset to Pascal's superstardom. That is what we want to see. And also just the numbers straight up, what, you had 26 points on how many shots? How many shots do we got here? Come on, scroll, scroll. Okay, 26 points on 24 shots. Anything to write home about? Not really, but four a ten from three and two a two from the line. If that's what if that's what Fred is gonna give you, you are going to win more games than what we've been getting, I guess, prior to his recent stretch where he was getting to the rim a lot. Um, I like this game from Fred a lot. Not everything went perfectly, but he continued to exercise his ability to impact the game outside of just shot making and raw creation. Yes, he's asked to do too much creating on ball. I'm sure the Raptors were banking on, to some degree, OG being a little bit more of a playmaker this year. And OG should be, 
He isn't currently, but he should be. I'm sure they were betting on Gary being healthy and giving them a little bit of punch in places they wouldn't otherwise have it. I'm sure they were expecting Scotty in games like this to give you more than two points. I'm sure they were expecting Scotty in a game like this to play like between 36 and 40 minutes, work like crazy on defense, push in transition, finish at the rim against teams that are loading up on Pascal and Fred and stuff like that. But the cookie doesn't always crumble that way. The Raptors have been getting inconsistent performances from all over the roster. And at least they won this one. And Fred in this game wasn't one of those inconsistent performances. He he worked for it. And he did the things that weren't tied to skill or finesse or anything like that or talent. He did the things that were tied to effort. And at the very least, you want to see that. And at least we got that from Fred. And Pascal... He did it all, man. Effort, skill, talent, finesse, whatever you want to call it. He just took every single Knicks player who stepped out on him, put him on skates, beat him. By, with the drive, getting to the line, jump shots, whatever, playmaking. He did it all. He, he was tremendous. Can I also say Nick Nurse, really good zone usage in this game. When the Raptors ran zone, I thought it worked out really well for them. The timing seemed to work out pretty well, too. And I think that it genuinely confused or kind of it, it was a stopgap that was well used against the Knicks. And when the Knicks were shown this zone, they did a pretty bad job of navigating it or the Raptors did a really good job of, you know, squeezing the floor, shrinking it and making so that it was difficult for the, the Knicks to navigate. <sighs> There's still a presence that the Knicks had on the inside and they, they got to offensive rebounds. Um, R.J. Barrett and Julius Randle had stretches where they got to the left hand. As we well know, they can finish from anywhere if it's on the left side of the bucket. Bank shots, hook shots, push shots, whatever. Lots of angles, lots of different velocities coming in at the basket, but they can do so. Some some game planning fell to the wayside for the Raptors defenders, but for the most part, I think the Raptors did a really good job of contesting the basket, running guys off the line, and surviving some hot shooting from a couple different Knicks players. They won a game. Hopefully Pascal doesn't have to score 50-plus every single time for the Raptors to win a game. But they did it. Malachi Flynn deserves some love too. I think that the offense, especially in the first half, I liked how it looked a lot with Malachi, even though the shooting wasn't tremendous. Just he was making quick decisions, and this is the same thing that Gary Trent Jr. has been doing to improve his game. Is As soon as you catch it, like if there's a closeout, Put the ball down. Don't wait for the closeout to get there and engage it. Just step into the lane. See if you can turn the defense. See if there's a lay down for a layup or a dunk. See if you can spray out to the opposite corner. Whatever. Just see if you can extend the play and extend that advantage and play within that those rules of the game. Try and make things work that way. And Malachi, in a Knicks defense that was pretty open, did a good job of navigating space. The shot making wasn't where it has been always. He had a huge fourth quarter three, by the way. That was nice to see. But it just added an element to the Raptors offense that uh, isn't always there. And I enjoyed that from Malachi. It wasn't as present as the Knicks kind of tighten things up, which makes sense. He he can't create against really, really engaged defenses. But as far as a stopgap in the middle of the game to kind of keep the ball moving, keep the offense flowing, very nice. From Malachi, I will take eight points on eight shots. Um, basically every time he touches the floor, that's fine with me, especially 
if Pascal is going to do this, which obviously he's not going to do very often. This is the only time he's done it in his career to this point. So yeah, um, few and far between, obviously. But hell yeah to them. Hell yeah to the team. The Reggie Evans Award winner, it's got to be Pascal. Uh, he worked really hard defensively. The effort he put out, like, I don't know how he does it, man. I don't know how a player can exert this much energy and force repeatedly and still manage to come up doing things sometimes perfectly. And when it's not perfect, a lot of the time it's great. And if it's not great, then it's usually pretty good. It's just like he does so many good things on the floor. It's crazy to watch a guy like this. Going back to the superstar term. Yes, <laughs> superstar. Um, he was tremendous. That's a Reggie Evans Award winner for sure. Not that Reggie Evans was ever capable of giving you the stat line that Pascal gave you tonight. But I tell you this much, he was capable of putting work in on the floor and Pascal did in this game. Okay, top quick reaction comment is from Arshdeep Singh. Hey, Arshdeep. Very nice to see you commenting all the time. Quote, Siakam is a superstar. No denying it. OMG. Crazy to see what Siakam has developed into from where he started. He's our guy. Build around him and get our superstar some help. End quote. No notes, Arshdeep. Uh, agreed on all accounts. He is their guy as he should be, 28-year-old, who is going to sign a Supermax extension, who is going to maybe start an all-star game for the second time in his career, is giving you roughly 25, 9, and 7 game in and game out, just gave you 52 on almost 70% shooting, um, is one of the easiest players to play around in the league, does everything, will not give it back on the other side of the floor. Uh, he's a guy you build around. Absolutely. Thanks for writing in. Listener, thanks for listening in. If you're watching this on YouTube, thanks for tuning in with me. Uh, like the video. Uh, do subscribe. Helps the channel. Most importantly, of course, subscribe to RaptorsRepublic.com. We appreciate the support. Uh, maybe me more than anybody. <laughs> and if you're listening on the podcast channel, thank you for uh, letting me talk to you. Anyway, I'll get out of here whether you got into this in the morning or at night. Have a blessed day and goodbye.